Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3. Welcome to an amazing episode here today of the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. And I know I say that every week, but seriously, do not tune out, do not click, do not stop. If you have to leave, save it for later. However, you are enjoying this podcast or if you're live with us right now, we are literally going to the moon and back today. We are. I love Capri's. This oh, is out of this you. world. That was very earlier. I love it. As always, we have Ed Sanderson and Capri Suarez with us today. So thankful for both of our co-hosts that make this show so so incredibly unique, special, amazing, mind-blowing, and everything that it always is. But we also today have Jason Dietrich. He is an educator and a trainer with NASA for our young adults and an expert in STEM. So we are going to talk about STEM programs. We're going to talk about his experience and what brought him to NASA and the exciting work that they're doing there today. And maybe this is the career for you. If you're listening, you're an adult, young and adult thinking you can't do it. Jason is here today to say that, yes, you can. Welcome to the show. Uh, Amy, Ed, and Capri, it's an honor to meet you. Thank you so much for having me uh, on the show today. <laughs> Man, I thought so I had a good voice. This guy's got a nice voice. I could listen to you all day, Jason. <laughs> oh. I've always been told that I was uh, I was a um, I'm a singer and a clarinet player, but I remember in my theater production in middle school, I was told by a lot of people I have a principal voice. So for <laughs> school, so um, well, if yeah. Ed's ever absent, Jason, we're just bringing you into co-host. Yeah, I kind of no. like this idea a lot. <laughs> we all, we should come up with our own substitute uh, instructors, right? So, Jason, <laughs> if you feel like standing in and uh, talking to young people and are talking about what they should be considering with some of our guests. We'll keep you in the Rolodex and have you uh, come on board. All that oh. free time he has with NASA, he's going to jump right into our show. Yes. Hey, <laughs> it's a privilege and an honor. I don't even want to hear any of that noise. <laughs> All right. I'll start. NASA, please. <laughs> All right. Why don't we start off nice and easy? How does it feel to be a rocket scientist? I've been dying to ask that question all day. Uh, wow, uh, Capri, that, that's a wonderful question. Well, first of all, in terms of, you know, being uh, someone who currently works uh, at NASA as a part of SSAI, uh, for those of you that might not be as familiar with what SSAI is, SSAI stands for Science Systems and Applications Incorporated. So we are a corporate entity that has been around for 45 years. Uh, it's been a long time, much longer than I've been here on planet Earth, but we've been around uh, for a long period of time. Uh, and what we do is, is we are an organization that helps to support all of the many different NASA agencies across the United States. And we also support global agencies like NOAA as well, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Ooh. So to be at a place like SSAI as the new science communications intern, what I'm currently doing right now is, is I am promoting all the cool STEM education outreach initiatives that are going on, not just here in the United States, but around the world. And I have to tell you that it is a huge honor, it is a privilege, 
And uh, I am very excited to be a part of the SSAI family and also the NASA community as a whole, because it really wasn't a very easy journey for me to get there. Uh, I faced a lot of challenges over the course of my lifetime, but and I got knocked down many times. But what I did was I got back up. I just kept going towards my dream and my vision. And I am here promoting STEM to the next generation. Yeah, you can't get much better than that. So, hey, Capri, can I ask, ask one quick question? I'll give you back the mic. So, um, Jason, you said STEM. For those who are not initiated to STEM, could you please explain what that is and why it's significant? Absolutely. That's a great question, Ed. So STEM, I'm just going to start off uh, with what the acronym stands for. So STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And there's actually a new element that's actually being added all across the United States and even around the world as well. But it's also A, which is the arts so in some places you have STEM, but you also, they're trying to incorporate the arts into STEM to make it STEAM as well. So if you are a musician like myself, whether you are a singer, a instrumentalist, or if you paint as well, that is STEAM in and of itself. Even if you cook as well, that is STEAM as well. So I'm not the best cook, but... Um, it's amazing all of the different opportunities that you could have in STEM or STEAM. So the reason why, you know, STEM or STEAM is very important is because in relation to society's problems, all of the problems have become, you know, so complex and we have gotten so technologically advanced over the past many years that, you know, it requires the next generation of youth to get critical thinking skills, to be able to integrate large amounts of information and be able to do hands-on activities. That's what STEM helps to promote and that's what it provides. And STEM also helps to promote collaboration as well. You know, it was very tricky during the COVID-19 pandemic as we all can agree, you know, that doing STEM engagement and, you know, collaboration was extremely limited because we were all isolated and away uh, from others. So we lost that, you know, key sense of communication. So, and that actually ties into my role very nicely at SSAI, where we are communicating about all the different cool STEM education outreach opportunities that are being done around the world today. So as a result of that, what we are trying to do is, is we are promoting hands-on activities and as, because that is as a result of the fact that, you know, over the last 50, 60 years, just a traditional style of rote memorization and, you know, just reading through a textbook, that doesn't work anymore. So, you know, thanks to all of the innovations that we have had in STEM or STEAM, that has enabled more hands-on learning and activities. So that way everybody can keep up uh, with society's current interactions. Hey, Jason, that was a fantastic uh, wow. definition, explanation of STEM slash STEAM. And I'm glad they put the A in there because that's huge. It was a big deal for me when I was a kid, like Amy, I'm not as accomplished, but like you, I played the clarinet and I, you know, those things matter. And all my kids are musically mm -hmm gifted i compared to me for sure so hey capri sorry i just want to make sure we got mm -hmm. that definition let me hand the questions back to you 
so important. I think that like I I'm a STEM major and I feel like I even learned a little more about STEM today. So thank you for sharing. Um, I do want to take it a step back. You mentioned education and kind of that you had a rough path getting to where you are. Um, two part question. Complicated. What? Feeling Ed's rule. I know. We don't, we don't um, do two part questions here. <laughs> no, only Ed you, not allowed those anymore. <laughs> how did you become interested in space slash engineering? And um, can you tell us a little bit more about the education path you took to getting where you are today? Uh, absolutely, Capri. Those are uh, wonderful questions. So I'll definitely uh, share my answers to both. So it all started uh, back when I was five years old, and uh, I'm currently 27 years old. So that you know seemed like ages ago. <laughs> so, um, but uh, when I was five years old, I was diagnosed with a form of autism known as hyperlexia. And uh, for those of you that might not be as familiar with what hyperlexia is. Hyperlexia is a part of the Individuals with Disabilities Act that former President George Herbert Walker Bush, our 41st president, uh, put forth into law. And then his son, uh, former President George W. Bush, expanded on. But hyperlexia is a branch of autism. And what happened was, was when I was five years old, I was reading equivalent to a fifth grader. You know, I was wow. reading, you know, uh, big words and, you know, my parents were just absolutely shocked that a kindergarten student could read at such a high level. So what they saw or what they noticed was, was they tried to figure out if I was able to comprehend what I was reading. So they ended up taking it a step further where they asked me, hey, Jason, what does this particular word or what does this phrase mean? And often my responses at the time, after I would read a particular word or phrase, I would be like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So hyperlexia involves someone's precocious ability to read at such a high level, but yet struggles with reading comprehension. So early on in my educational journey, I do have to say that uh, my teachers were not very supportive of my skill sets mm -hmm. and my abilities. I unfortunately dealt with teachers who never showed me the time nor the effort that I needed in order to thrive both personally, academically, and even emotionally as well. You know, I, I had this one teacher who wrote a completely wrong evaluation about my skill sets and my abilities that when I transitioned on to middle school, my middle school teachers, including my learning support teacher, was like, who is this kid? This isn't Jason at all. This is a totally different kid. So in elementary school, I, I struggled a lot uh, in terms of, you know, finding my path, finding my direction. And I often, you know, spent time by myself, which believe it or not, that actually turned out to be a positive. And I'll explain why in a little bit later on. But once I got on to middle school, this is where my exploration and my interest of space came through. Uh, my middle school teachers saw that I struggled in elementary school, and they actually sat me down and they actually got me introduced to important STEM classes like astronomy, earth science, chemistry, and even geology as well. And after getting introduced to those classes, I, I was hooked. 
uh, because I realized that, you know, through all of the, these hands-on learning and these hands-on opportunities, STEM or STEAM provides multiple different highways of opportunity and engagement for the next generation. And my middle school teachers helped me to see hyperlexia as a very tiny thing as compared to, you know, my elementary school teachers who didn't really want to work with me at all. But they helped me to discover hidden talents and passions that I never even knew I possessed. And I also discovered that I had an eidetic memory, which helped me with studying uh, some of the important STEM terminology and vocabulary as well. And they also helped me to discover that I have perfect pitch as well as a musician. So I could oh, pretty much think, Thank God for you. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if anybody is interested in, you know, um, me, you know, giving you a pitch for if you're a choir or, you know, a musical group, you know, just call me up. Uh, so I'd be more than willing to come down and help. <laughs> so, um, but it was, you know, thanks to my middle school teachers to start off who really got me interested in space exploration. So then as a result, I was soaring high and, you know, I was flying up in the sky compared to just walking on the ground in elementary school. And later on, when I went to high school, my experiences were even better and college was great as well. So, but my middle school teachers helped give me the leeway or the gateway towards all the cool opportunities in STEM. And I just have to thank them uh, for their support, their encouragement, and, you know, not leaving me behind. Because if it wasn't for them, I'm not sure where I would be today. I'm sure I probably would have found a way, but it would have been a lot more difficult. But, you know, as a result of being at NASA and SSAI, now I'm dreaming even bigger. Uh, I want to be an astronaut uh, when I grow up as well. And, you know, they helped me to discover my disability as a superpower. And I want to express this, you know, clearly that hyperlexia or any sort of disability that somebody might has or have, it's not a disability. It's a superpower. So I am trying to change society's overall perception in, um, you know, talking about someone with a disability, because often society judges someone like myself before they even get to know me. So what I'm trying to do is, is I'm trying to break through those barriers and, you know, help them to see, you know, look, I may, you know, process my thinking a little bit slower or, you know, it might take me some time, you know, to talk or, you know, think and analyze. But look at all these cool talents that I have. I mean, come on, that outweighs um, this disability. So but my middle school teachers helped me to see hyperlexia as a superpower. And for those of you that might have a disability like myself, you have a superpower. You have a special ability. I'm wow. so glad that you talked about that no, because my kidding. son has a, a learning challenge and that was one of my questions for you. So you handled that like a boss. And by the way, um, now that I know that you're a singer, you're going to sing us out. So prepare something <laughs> in your mind. When we go to get out of the show, you got to show us your skill set. That's that's amazing. Go ahead, Capri. I just wanted to I keep inserting because I'm fascinated by this you should just journey. Really add motivational speaker to your job title. Yeah, right. Well, that exactly. Incredible. Like, I mean, I just be... mean, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I don't use the word yeah, yeah. but as there's uh, an example <laughs> of what this show is about. If there's a motivational episode, this is gonna be the flagship for any of our young adults of all ages and stages of going through their school or into career, Jason just really brought so much to light to encourage and inspire and remind anyone that they can persevere and find their superpower. So thank you for that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, you know, the sky's the limit, you know, as we say, like at NASA and, you know, at, at SSAI. So if you can dream big, you can do it. You just have to have the faith, the belief and the confidence to just go for it. And you, you will get there. It won't be easy. It's not going to be a straight path, but you will get there. I love that. That's a wonderful message to young people. I would even say a wonderful message to young adults and adults who might be kind of treading water, trying to figure out their motivation. And for you, by the way, I'm insulted by the fact that you're 27, just so you know. Way back when I was five, I'm like, way back when you were five, what are you talking about? No, it's 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 very inspirational. I'm adding the children I have that are already his age and yeah, above. Right, going- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a couple questions, but I don't want to I've already der- derailed Capri. Go, yeah, go ahead. No, all you all you Ed. I see the thoughts brewing. Oh, I, I've had a couple um, from the minute I read your bio. You tackled the one on hyperlexia. I thought that was a magnificent answer to what that was about and what impact it had on you. The part that really made me upset is what you said about the elementary school teachers. My son had the same exact thing. Uh, but it, the idea that somebody saw you for who you were at an early stage and was able to give you the inspiration leads me to this question. In your bio, you talked about, and I, please, if I mispronounce the name, Jeff Bergen. Uh, close. It's uh, Bergen. Bergen. Well, mm-hmm. that's because my handwriting is horrible. Uh, so no you, met, you said he was a mentor um, in the engagement uh, specialist side of your organization. Um, can you talk about how important it is to have somebody who not only believes in you, but also gives you a path forward and how important it is to identify that person early as possible? Yeah, absolutely. Ed, that's a wonderful question. So uh, I'll just uh, share uh, before I speak a little bit about uh, Jeff Burgeon and the Virginia Spaceflight Academy. Uh, before I went to the Virginia Spaceflight Academy and SSAI, I was a public school teacher where I taught STEM uh, for the last four years or so. Now, I started out teaching during COVID, which was quite challenging to say the least uh, for everybody. Uh, but, you know, I learned uh, so much and it was cool to see all of the technological innovations and advancements that we were able to, you know, put forth as a result of, you know, being in school, out of school, in and out. So uh, I was able to apply that. And that's what got me to, you know, where I am today at NASA and SSAI. But what happened was, was I discovered that teaching in a public school as a result of the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic I just saw that, you know, we went back to the status quo, the same old, you know, teaching to a standardized test. Uh, For those viewers that are listening, I'm originally uh, from Pennsylvania. And what we did was, was over the course of our school experience, we took state standardized tests that were called the PSSAs. So those are a pain in the neck. I did not like doing that. Uh, And my students didn't like doing it either, but it had to be done because it was a state requirement. But as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, there were some innovations, but then we just went back to the same old where we were just testing and, you know, teaching through a textbook. And, you know, that I didn't agree with. I felt my creativity was extremely limited and, you know, my hands were tied. 
So what I tried to do was, was I tried to branch out and look for, you know, better opportunities to use my creativity and to use my imagination. So that way then I could, you know, make a broad difference and a broad impact. And that's what actually led me to, you know, the Virginia Space Flight Academy, where, Ed, you mentioned about uh, Jeff Burgeon, where I first connected with him in proposing a video game module that we co-designed together. Uh, we entitled it Game On uh, because what we taught our students was, was we taught them important concepts about video game design. And, you know, our favorite quote that we like to say from that was, don't just play games, make them. So, you know, we really spoke uh, to our, all of our students in relation to, you know, being creative and really promoting outside the box thinking. And the reason why, in relation to your question, Ed, it's important to find uh, someone who's going to be very supportive of your skill sets and abilities is, is with life, life is enjoyable. It can sometimes be a pain and life is hard. Uh, that's how, you know, I can pretty much sum up life in general. So, you know, you have to have someone who's going to be very supportive of your skill sets and of your abilities, because that's what's going to take you to the next level. I found out that, you know, Jeff Burgeon and the Virginia Space Flight Academy, where I started off, they really believe in promoting critical thinking. Uh, they really believe in promoting out-of-the-box thinking. And, you know, coming up with ideas that weren't so much in the reality. Because if you think about it, sometimes an out-of-the-box idea, that just might be the dream and the vision that you should go for. So, and it was thanks to, you know, finding someone who had a like-minded concept like me, we found something in common. And we felt that we could work together because that's also what's important. You know, you might find someone who is passionate about STEM, but, you know, they might not be very nice or they might not be supportive and that's not going to get you anywhere. So you have to find someone who is uh, very passionate and who cares. And this actually leads to my four C's, which I actually value in STEM education. And this will help anybody find a great mentor. But you have to find someone who has to be caring, compassionate, a great communicator, and also creative. Those four C's, you know, really impact me in terms of my STEM engagement. And that really helps to promote mentoring and advising for the next generation. But if you have those four C's, number one, like I said, the sky's the limit. But then at the same time, too, you find somebody else who has those four C's as well, then what's going to happen is, is you're really going to make an impact. You're really going to be able to dream big. You're not going to have those limitations where you're, you're you know, you're just trying to break through, um, you know, maxi glass and you're not going to get anywhere. All right. You're obviously going to come across, you're going to get some bumps, cracks and like bruises and, you know, cuts going towards your dreams. But, you know, with maxi glass, you're not going to get anywhere no matter what you try to do. So you have to find someone that's able to break, help you to break through that glass and really get you to the top. And I, I was incredibly fortunate to have found, you know, such a great mentor, you know, Jeff Burgeon, and then, you know, also Kim Check from the Virginia Space Flight Academy, my executive director, and they helped me to get uh, to where I am today at SSAI and NASA. At the ripe old age of 27. Mm. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So, I, but my other question, I'm sure I can come up with many is a ton of them because such a compelling and interesting conversation. But I want to know what 
happens at space camp and what is your responsibilities as a camp director? Oh, that's a wonderful question, Ed. So the Space Adventure Camp, uh, for those of you that might not be as familiar with it, what you can do is, is you know, during this uh, podcast episode and even after, you can go to www.vasfa.org. Again, it's www.vasfa.org, and you'll be able to see what Virginia Space Flight Academy offers. And one of the things we offer is a Space Adventure Camp where it's over the course of six weeks during the summer, where we bring in a different group of students from around the United States, and they engage with some very cool STEM topics, such as coding, rocketry, robotics, drones, computer science, and we even talk about Earth's ocean as well. So all of the campers get exposed to hands-on activities and hands-on learning where they actually get to design their own model rocket. They even get to launch it as well. They also get the opportunity to design their own to design their own robot and be able to code their way through a cool maze by working together as a group. So it's absolutely an incredible experience and opportunity and not to mention the camp staff that are brought in to the Space Adventure Camp, they are the cream of the crop because they come from some of the top universities across the United States. I was very fortunate to have worked with all of the camp staff members who participated this past summer. But on top of that, what the Space Adventure Camp offers is, is we not only do cool hands-on activities in STEM, but all of the campers get to spend their time in a college dorm throughout the week where they get a true away from home camp experience. But they also get to go behind the scenes where they actually interact with NASA scientists and engineers. They get to go to all of these cool different aerospace companies on Wallops Island at Wallops Flight Facility in Virginia. So that is where the Virginia Space Flight Academy Space Adventure Camp is. But all the campers get to hear from NASA scientists and engineers all cool stories in terms of the work that they're doing. And they also get to ask some questions in terms of how they got to where they are. And those are true real life application concepts that really inspires and motivates campers or you know students and the next generation to go to the next level. Because it's very easy to teach from a textbook and to have them memorize facts and information. But what they're doing is, is they are, you know, getting the opportunity to apply some of this concept knowledge and see behind the gates at a NASA main base in relation to the great STEM work that is being done. I mean, you can't get much cooler than that. And on top of that, you know, during the summer, we actually got to witness a live rocket launch. We got to oh see the Antares rocket launch uh, that launched in August of this year. Some of you might have seen that. And it was very interesting with Antares because um, the Antares rocket launch kept getting delayed because parts of the rocket were Ukrainian and parts of it were from Russia. Uh, due to the current war in Ukraine that's going on right now, it's difficult to get the parts associated with that rocket from both of those countries. But to be able to see that rocket launch, I was two miles from the launch pad. And I got to see the star-like figure go up into the sky I got to hear the rocket itself. It was pretty loud. And then on top of that, you know, you could feel the ground shaking as well. That was just such a monumental 
um, opportunity uh, to be able to go see a rocket launch. For those of you that have not seen a rocket launch, you need to go. That is one of the coolest things that I have ever seen, and I would highly encourage you all to see as well. But that made me cry because, you know, that was one of the coolest things that I have ever seen. I dreamed of seeing a rocket launch live and in person. And, you know, on top of that, the campers will never forget that experience. And I can tell you during that week when the all of the campers got to see the live rocket launch, that's all that they spoke about. And then, you know, to cap off the great week, we had a nice little graduation ceremony where, you know, all of the campers' families, friends, and guardians came uh, to watch their child walk up on stage and to graduate from the Virginia Space Flight Academy. So it was an incredible experience. We impacted over 216 students from 25 different states in the United States. So Virginia Space Flight Academy is a growing organization. And my company that I currently work for, SSAI, supports VASA based on their STEM outreach. Amazing. I lied. I have one more question. Can I sneak another one in, Amy? Or do you do you have stuff? No, up? I was I'm just hogging in, this interview. You are. Capri's, Capri's just waving. <laughs> I'm just taking it all in. Like that is I can't imagine what I have like a different career path in mind if I had seen something like that at a younger age. Like it's just so incredible that you guys are able to provide these outstanding opportunities to so many young people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and we were very grateful, you know, to um, uh, Capri as well that, you know, during the summer, uh, our fingers were crossed that, you know, we were hoping to not get COVID because, you know, there's still, you know, the cases, you know, with COVID that rise and, you know, fall from time to time. Uh, we had no COVID, which was awesome. <laughs> so we were still able to do STEM engagement and, you know, we were really able to bring forth that collaboration that was lost over the last couple of years. Do you want to oh, ask, ask my question? Right. Ask your yes. question. So, you have the floor. Jason, I'm going to put you on a spot. Oh, so I grew up in Massachusetts, and I went to a high school that had hands-on programs. You know, it was it, so you could get into trades there. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was unique in that you can get a formal standard high school education, and you had other ways to develop hands-on experiences. Um, my son, the one I was telling you about how the learning challenges, he was able to find, we found a high school for him there and he did robotics and a lot of hands-on stuff, right? Building little fake houses and electrical and auto mechanic stuff. Do you have a thought or an opinion on why there are not more high schools that really help young people who are not really, I won't say that they're not position for your regular standard education but why they don't have more of them to help young people particularly ones who have learning challenges really get build their confidence because elementary school and middle school almost destroyed my son he lost all of his confidence and i'm curious what you think we need to do in the education system or if you have an opinion on why there's just not more of that hands-on type of experience yeah, absolutely. That's a wonderful question, Ed. And, you know, first of all, I'm sorry that uh, your son had similar experiences like I did. Uh, but, you know, I'm so grateful to hear that, you know, you found uh, a high school for him, you know, that cares and, you know, makes a difference. I know as, as a parent, 
it breaks your heart. And it broke, you know, my parents' hearts as well, you know, when I wasn't getting that support and encouragement early on. Um, so, uh, but, you know, in relation to, um, you know, your question, why, you know, aren't there, you know, a whole lot of schools, you know, taking advantage of, you know, educating in STEM, especially for those, you know, with learning needs like myself, uh, I think one, one of the big reasons is because, you know, in relation to educators uh, throughout all the different schools uh, in the United States, they all come from many different generations. You know, if you think about it, there are some teachers, you know, like myself who start out, you know, brand new, you know, where they have like a couple years experience. So they're used to all of the technological innovations like with TikTok, Snapchat, um, you know, Instagram, that sort of a thing. But then you also, you know, have some teachers who might have worked, you know, 10 years, 15 years, 20, 30, even going back to 40 years. And, you know, the further and further you go back, you know, those teachers, they didn't have uh, the technology. They didn't have TikTok or, you know, Instagram, you know, like they do now. So my grandmother was a teacher and a principal 50, 60 years ago. So I don't think you can do that nowadays anymore, uh, but she did, you know, two jobs. If you would have asked her what TikTok was, she would have said, <laughs> what? Like, what, what, what the heck is that? So, um, but it's just because they just didn't have, you know, those resources, but they had other cool, you know, devices and machines as well that helped them to get through, you know, the school year as well, which I find very fascinating. But because we have different teachers that are from different generations, it's hard for everyone to come up with a consensus in terms of, you know, what they should focus on and what they feel is best uh, for, you know, their students to learn. So you have some that are strictly lecture based. Some might be more hands on. Uh, some, you know, might be, you know, visual learners. So trying to find that overall consensus is very difficult. Uh, I know some teachers, you know, who taught 30, 40 years uh, when the COVID-19 pandemic came and the virtual learning happened, they said, I'm done. Uh, I'm not doing this. <laughs> oh, wow. And, you know, uh, and it was unfortunate, but that's because they weren't used to all of this virtual learning. They weren't used to some of these programs, you know, that they have, you know, that we have now that they didn't have 30, 40 years ago. So uh, that is definitely a big challenge. But I think, you know, one of the big things that we need to do as a society, number one, is, is we need to start, you know, spreading awareness about those with learning needs and with disabilities. And through that, again, the disability aspect is a superpower. It's not negative. It's a positive. That is the message that I am trying to pass down now. So this, this is a very good starting point, but we need to get everybody up on board here. What we also need to do as a result is, is we need to also get the next generation of youth inspired to pursue all of these cool, you know, STEM education and outreach opportunities that are present across the United States. You know, there's an opportunity for everybody. But what they have to do is, is they have to get involved with committees. They have to, you know, also, you know, advocate for themselves because that is, you know, what I am trying to pass down as well. If you want something, you got to go for it and, mm -hmm. and you got to go after it. So, and it's, it's not easy to do, but I think, you know, one of the positives that came with the COVID-19 pandemic were that, 
people saw it as an opportunity to take advantage of their dreams and to take advantage of their aspirations. And that's why, you know, everybody got to see COVID as a time period as the great resignation. (laughs) A lot of people were, you know, losing, um, you know, they were quitting their jobs, not only just because of, you know, new opportunities, but it was time for a change. And I think the pandemic really inspired a lot of people to do that. So what you just have to do is, is if you have a dream or an inspiration, think about what's inside your head and what's inside your imagination. And, you know, there's a quote by Albert Einstein who said that imagination is everything. It is the preview to life's coming attractions. And, you know, if you think about that, that's a pretty true statement. So what you have to do is, is if you have something inside your mind, keep it to yourself. Don't tell a whole lot of people about your dreams and aspirations. That's something else that you also need to do. Because what's going to happen is, is you're going to come across the naysayers who are going to say, oh, no, you you know, you're not going to be an astronaut like I envision, or, you know, you're not going to be uh, a STEM enthusiast. What are you talking about? So it, by keeping your visions to yourself and your dreams and your aspirations, that'll really help you to stay focused and to stay aligned because you're only trying to please yourself. I mean, you're not trying to please, you know, somebody else. You're doing what you want to do. So, which is exactly what I'm doing. So, as a result of this, you know, what you have to do is is as long as you have the faith, the confidence and the determination in terms of what's inside your imagination, you just have to have the faith and the confidence to go for it. And, you know, all of this imagination stuff comes from God. God has given me the faith and the confidence to be able to go where I need to go. And it's not going to be easy, but, you know, he prepares you to get towards your dream and your career goals. So that is something else I'm trying to pass down as well. So through those, you know, different ways that I've recommended in terms of, you know, being able to inspire the next generation and get others that have a disability like myself to pursue their dreams in STEM, If you do those following things, then you're going to be able to make much of a difference. And boy, you're going to be shocked just like I am that, you know, wow, I end up here. That is so cool. And it's going to inspire you to dream even bigger. Well, 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 well. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I I would put that in the top five. Jason, that was one of the best interviews we've ever had on this show. Fantastic. I don't even know how to. I don't even to to get top. out of here because I, I want to keep it going, but we got to get out of here. Would you mind coming back another time and continue the conversation? Absolutely, I would love to. I mean, I, I know we're out of time. I know you said you wanted me to like sing something. Should I do that now or for the next one? Or no, no, no. You're definitely singing something. Let me just put the conclusion. In don't play forget, you're also out, on on you're out. as a as a co-host. If it is is a yeah for sure. So I want to hear about this music career. I want you to be in the chair with us here. So listen, if you ever wanted to know why we do this, it's the inspiration that Jason has provided. Yes. I think, again, Jason, the D-trained D-trick has been here, uh, soon to be NASA astronaut, STEAM enthusiast, and basically an encouraging person for all young people and inspiration. So this has been the education, career, and beyond out of space term. I like that. We can use that today. Love it. And Jason's going to sing us out, but let me just make sure I say thank you to Amy and Capri, the co-hosts of this amazing program. If you love it, 
And I did. Thumbs up. There's somebody out there I know you know needs to hear this message. Share it and then subscribe so you can get this delivered uh, in your favorite podcast format anytime, anywhere. Uh, Jason, take us out with something good. Sure. Um, so this is a song by um, Frank Sinatra. I'm a big Frank Sinatra and Me jazz uh, enthusiast. So my grandfather loved him as well. I would often slow dance with my uh, grandmother. And I remember my mom and her sisters would just watch. So it was incredible. Um, but I'm going to sing a, uh, a brief version of this song. It's called Fly Me to the Moon, which is yes, well. Um, with NASA. my dad's favorite artist, we have that in common. Sounds like everybody loves a Frank Sinatra. Jason, take her away. Sure. All right. <clears throat> Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. In other words. Hold my hand. In other words, baby, kiss me. Oh, that was wonderful. Oh,